0: Blessed Father, thank you for joy. Thank you for creating an existence that has joy. We love you. Now speak to us through that scripture. Open our eyes, open our ears, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Take your Bibles. Turn to Colossians 3, verse 12, please. And stand with me. Give me just a moment. There, yeah. Colossians three twelve, and so, as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, or meekness. And patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, love the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule, arbitrate in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Amen. You may be seated. Before I enter into today's text and as my eyes scan, it's so good to see each of you. It, this does not happen all the time. But I awoke with a unmistakable love anticipation for this passage. I always take that as a good sign. It's when I'm still, boy, Tammy, I don't know about this sermon that I'm, but this, there's depth here probably for more than one week. But first review, because I do not doubt, and as pastors are wont to do, I'll move around just a bit. I do not doubt but that we have our regulative principle down rather well, and we take pride in that. So we are worshiping, obeying God actively by seeking to do according to his commandments. This is good, not to mention wise. But there's a passive obedience involved too. And the passive obedience Is a challenge. Passive obedience is, well, let me read this again, contentment is the soul's worship to subject itself thus to God, be it done unto me according to thy word. In active obedience, we worship God by doing what pleases God. That's the regulative principle. That's good. But by passive obedience, we worship God by being pleased and content with what God does. Now, this last Monday, about 10.30, ambulance took me to ER, St. Elizabeth's. I had fallen asleep and Tammy rudely awakened me and called the ambulance. So, but I won't go into all the issues involved but we were there from 10, 30, 11 until about 8 o'clock Monday night. It's not fun. Don't do it. Don't do it. And it's hard to be pleased and content. It was not fun. It was not happy. But... It was the Father's hand, I acknowledge that. And so, posturing myself again and again, sometimes this is multiple times in a day, So that I am passively obeying, passively worshiping all God does. How is that with you? You see, when there's a grumbling spirit, you're not pleased and content. When there is anger, you're not pleased and content. Where there is bitterness, there is no pleasure and contentment with what God is doing. Pastoral Reflection. So if the ER doc that is about to replace me came, I'd say, of regard to the patient's vitals, his active obedience, he's good. But his passive obedience here, long term rehab is needed. Counting grace of love, last week, do we love? First Corinthians 13 says, Love keeps no reckless wrongs. What you doing with that black book in your pocket? What you doing reviewing all the wrongs of your neighbor? Love keeps no regular wrongs. Now, somebody not regenerate doesn't get that. But a child of God understands it loud and clear and starts learning to practice Philippians 4, taking it to the Father with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, giving your request to God. And then John 21 factors in. As I turn and look backward at my neighbor who I've got issues with. Lord, what about him? What about her? And Jesus says to me, what is that to you? You follow me. Hmm. And the arbitrating peace of Christ that's verse 15 of Colossians 3. I was witness to two individuals, staff persons, who were called into the assistant warden's office. And the warden was a good man sitting in the assistant ward's chair, of course. And he turned to the ones and then the other and said, it has been reported, big issue between the two of them, all kinds of hostility and strife. He said, this is unacceptable, unacceptable, He turned to the supervisor and said, are you willing to let this go and move on? The man said very wisely, yes, sir. He looked at the next man. Are you willing to accept this rule I've made and move on? That person said, yes, sir. Did we come to a perfect solution? No, but the warden was the arbitrating piece between us. And if I can submit to arbitration with my union man beside me and the union man beside the other, why can't I submit to the arbitrating peace of Christ in the church. There's only one reason. For the child of God, you don't want to. Because if you can't, it's because you're not a child of God. Hmm? Well, those are Reflections on where we've been. And let me say this this passage, chapter 3, has become to me one of the most exemplary passages of pastoral counseling in the New Testament. Sinclair Ferguson. Cited it as such, and I have seen that. This passage, chapter 3, verse 1 through 17, is rife full, plentifully full, of what a Christian looks like living the Christian life. Hardly, hardly, effective memorize it. But in this passage today, we have this statement, but let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Hmm. This is further what happened to me this week. I'm reading through and listening through Isaiah. And as I listened to Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40 became the most beautiful elaboration of Colossians 3:16. I'd seen. That's why, Don, you got the whole chapter. <laughs> Isaiah 40, verse 6, turn back please with me to Isaiah 40. Because the first place we'll camp today is the first phrase of verse 16. And blessed be God, too. It's a joy. I sang two of the songs with you today. You don't know how good It is to, to sing when you he can't. He's, he's good. Isaiah 14, verse 6, comes the instruction, cry out. And the question, what shall I cry out? Look at the answer. All flesh is grass and all loveliness like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of Yahweh blows on it. But the word of, and the word there is Elohim, which should have been translated Lord by the ESV. No, by the word God, by ESV. But the word of God stands forever. Observe the juxtaposition, the contrast. All flesh that you meet is like grass and like the flower of the field that fades. But The Word of our God stands forever. And then verse 8, Behold thy God, literally is, Behold thy Adonai Yahweh, Lord Yahweh of Jehovah. Verses 8 through 14, all, scan them please, all of them look at thy God, Adonai, Yahweh. Incredible view of who he is, verses 8 through 14. And then comes 15, where we are told all the nations are like a drop from a bucket like a speck, like fine dust. All the nations are regarded by him as less than nothing and meaningless. Verse 18 is integral. And then turns back to speaking and saying, look at me. Verse 22 and 23 answers, verse 18. Verse 22 and 23, and then verse 25 and 6. Look at me. I am the creator of the heavens. I call stars out. I name them. I call them in order. Verse 31 is the blessing for the one whose gaze steadily is on the Lord and his word. There's a huge contrast in Isaiah 40 between the nations of the earth, the politics of the earth, the entanglements of the earth and our God and the scripture links by but the word of God stands forever verse 16 of Colossians 3 let the word of Christ dwell in you richly application what are my thoughts? Where do I spend my time thinking? Am I consumed with world politics? Am I consumed with federal or state politics? Am I concerned with media? Big issues that news media throws at us every day. What does Isaiah 40 call all that? Dust. Dust in the wind. A speck of fine dust. A drop of water from a bucket. But what does Isaiah 40 put in contrast to that? Holy Scripture, thy word stands firm in the heavens. So where am I going night after night, thinking about things that are as dust in God's eyes or thinking about my God, creator of heaven and earth? You see, you ain't gonna get no peace if you're drinking from the well of world events. But you can have peace, peace, if your eyes are stayed on him. Now, my suspicion is That you may be sitting there a little not happy. Tick. He's preaching me. If you sense that, that's the spirit of God. Not me. I didn't call you out. I don't even know if you read your Bible. He does. He knows where your mind goes. That's fairly easy to us because when you sit down with somebody and all they can talk about is sports. Are sports bad? No. But is that all that you think about? All they can talk about is world events. Are those bad to think about? It depends. But who is sitting down with our midst and saying, look at what God is teaching me from the book of Hosea this week. It's marvelous. And stay camped there. Because all this other stuff is like drops, dust. So we come back to the statement and I'll, I'll swing back. I think I have a perfect justification to say what I've said to you because I'm looking death in the face but finding peace. And it's not by turning on the evening news. (laughs) It's by soaking myself in the Word of God. I think there is by Him designed a clue for you. With your issues Psalms one hundred nineteen eighty nine Forever O oh Lord thy word stands firm, firmly fixed in the heavens. Same thought. Listen to Peter First Peter 1, 25 one twenty two to twenty five. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, earnestly love one another from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. And then Peter quotes Isaiah 40. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower fails, but the word of the Lord remains, stands, forever. And this is the good news that was preached to you. Listen to Ephesians 5. Turn with me there. Ephesians 5, the... Twin sister of Colossians. As we read this, mark the note the remarkable similar thought flows as Colossians 3, Ephesians 5 3. But sexual immorality and all impurity are covetousness, failure to be content with all God is doing, must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking which are out of place but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the son of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. Don't walk like the world, don't talk like the world, don't have attitude like the world. Verse 8, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Oh, time out. Huggle time. Come on. How is this with you? How often do you pray, Lord, help me know what is pleasing to you in my circumstance? What a remarkable prayer. You would pleasure your father with that request. Verse 11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And see what the consequences that begin to preach the imperatives is. Bad behavior starts being recognizable. Hmm. Amen? And needs to be lovingly, gently, by God's timing, exposed. My brother, you seem to have a lot of anger that comes out of your mouth. How is that with you? My sister, the words that come out of your mouth sometimes are very difficult for me to hear because of Colossians 3, 8. How is that with you? We need to check one another. Listen, if I got out of line theologically, the session and not a few of you would check me. Why aren't we doing that attitudinally? We need to if we want to be finding out what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 12, For it is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15, Ephesians 5. Look carefully, then, how you walk. one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. Did you notice what has stood out to me between Colossians three and Ephesians five? Colossians three and Ephesians five particularly address the scene ministry of a congregation. Oh, Colossians 3 and Ephesians 5 use virtually the same language addressing the same ministry of a church. Colossians 3, letting the word of Christ dwell richly within and Ephesians 5 being filled with the Spirit are roughly equivalent because then follows singing when psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now observe that the psalms and songs and hymns that you know, maybe all you'll remember as you lay dying. As a chaplain first, and then a hospice chaplain, he began showing me some things. And one was the remarkably blessed experience for the dying, if they could hear and often did respond with a psalm or a song, I have sat beside semi-comatose, not alert, not oriented at all. I can see her now in Maria Care. She was actually dying, but I began seeing. Yes, I could sing at one time. I began seeing Rock of Ages And that unresponsive lady moved her lips perfectly, (laughs) framing the very words. Hmm. I've seen that innumerable times, using old standards of the church. Doxology it is well with my soul once. Rock of Ages, great is thy faithfulness. But one experience was very strong to me. I was, I had come 45 minutes away beside the uh, actively dying daughter of church members. She was about 40, died of cancer, in the home, hospice bed. As I entered and assessed the situation in front of me, always listen first, at least for seven days, then open your mouth and show what you're made of. Some of you know what I mean. But I listened first and then I I came up close to her and began reciting in prayer the 23rd Psalm. No response visible, but as I spoke the words. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, she stopped breathing. Coincidence? With the sovereign God, there is no such thing as coincidence. And how, how that bless her aged father and mother. When you lay dying, it will be scripture and songs you have sung in church that he will minister to you powerfully through. One of the greatest tragedies of the contemporary Christian church is that most don't know any of the psalms. And so they don't know what to sing when tragedy comes, and they don't know what to sing when there's grief and pain. But the Lord Jesus had the Psalms memorized. You know that? They all did as children. And he probably had sung them all. So to approach the psalms, I'm just thinking of the psalms at the moment. To approach the psalms is to ask, Lord Jesus, what would this psalm, what would this passage have meant to you? And start seeking him through the psalms. St. Clair says this in another sermon, the hallmark of being a teaching church, which I think we take humble pride in being, the hallmark of being a teaching church is that you become a singing church as well. Because theology leads to melody, to expression. Think about the phrasing Paul gives. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Ephesians, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then comes psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and both. When you have scripture within, you have the Spirit of God within. Because the Spirit is the breath of God that was breathed out, framing, forming, inscripturating the scripture. So to be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with Scripture. Now there's more, but that is a very tight initial from the two epistles. And the way that the Scots, the Scottish Presbyterians understood the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and the church for centuries was, they were all psalms, just different categories. This is how our forefathers understood this. Psalms had reference to psalms of adoration. Hymns had reference to psalms of praise. Spiritual songs had reference to psalms showing life's ups and downs, sicknesses, despairs. Psalm 63, my soul thirsts for Thee, my flesh yearns for Thee, O Lord, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Adoration. The Lord is my shepherd. Adoration. Hallelujah. Let all creation praise the Lord. 150. Praise. Spiritual song, Psalms 42, 43, for instance, preaching to self. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why are you without hope within me? Hope in God, for in him is salvation. So psalms, adoration, hymns, praise like the 150s or the 140s on, and spiritual songs, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him. Now, that's how the Scott Presbyterians understood this. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs were ways of categorizing the 150 psalms. Today, we might think psalms are the psalter, hymns are the 20 hymnal, spiritual songs still would be cries of help, cries of woe, Cries of thankfulness for the Lord's deliverance. But I will mark this distinction in today's parlance, in today's lingo. The difference between a psalter song straight from scripture and a hymn from the Trinity hymnal. Is one of them is the inspired, breathed out Word of God, and one of them is a commentary on God's Word. That's huge. My loyalty is ultimately to Christ, not the COF confession of faith. Now some of you are angry already. I'm utterly convinced of the confession of faith, through and through, without reservation of the larger Catechism, shorter Catechism. But that's not what my hope is built on. My hope is built on Christ and his word. So mark the difference. Today's hymns, Rock of Ages, a blessed hymn, but it's not the word of God. But it's a blessed hymn, and I've seen it minister to me. Learn to think clearly, making distinctions. Four important questions. But first, Larry, how long have I been? I don't trust that. Four important questions. What should we think? Paul says in Ephesians and Colossians, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. This is why from the get-go, I have requested that Mitchell has complied and blessed us. We need to always have one psalm every week, if not more. We need to eventually get to where We are singing through the psalms. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. What helps us as we sing? Well, studying the scriptures, Paul tells us here in Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And so we come to a hymn like And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who bore my shame. Incredible in Him! incredible. Do I understand the theology behind it and where to find it in the scripture? or Rock of Ages, be of sin, the double cure. What's that? If you don't know your scripture, you're saying nonsense to yourself. No description. Third, what are we doing as we sing together? Look at Colossians 3. With all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with one. The singing service portion of a worship hour is our ministry to God and our ministry to one another. By the songs that we sing, Pure praise to God. We are exhorting our brethren to join. Praising our God. Adoration, likewise. Grace is greater all my sin. There's so many songs that minister. It is well with my soul. We are mentioning to somebody who's struggling in the church as we sing. One man says, Sing is preaching set to music. Hmm. Sing is preaching set to music. And sometimes we, in sing. Preach back to him. And sometimes we are preaching to one another. Well, this scripture is far, far fuller than what I have given evidence of today. But let's pray that through solid biblical preaching, we will always be a solid-seeing church to Him and to one another. Blessed Lord, let Thy Word dwell within us richly. Help us to be men and women. Help us to be church officers who are walking the paths of Scripture seeking your voice, seeking your face, hungry for you. And be pleasured and pleased by all that we say, all that we sing, all that we do. I pray, Lord, as the years approach, that this church will more and more sing the psalms the Psalter, so that men and women will know the scriptures by heart as they walk through the sorrows, sadnesses, and yes, the valley of the shadow of death. Minister to us through your word, not just through the preach word, but in the song word. And Father, deal with our difficulty, being content with all that you are doing. We want to be actively obedient, and yes, we want to be passively obedient. Quiet before thy feet. We pray this in Jesus' name. Um, Amen.